Look out for the bosses, don't listen to their lies. Us poor folks haven't got a chance, lest we organize. It's us, your favorite communist podcasters. Absolutely. I would hope your favorite communist podcasters. Yeah, if we're not, gulag. Gulag to you. Just kidding, you guys. (laughs) I I mean, maybe. We'll see how it goes. Guillotine. (laughs) Wink, wink, foreshadowing what we're going to talk about. uh, Foreshadowing? Do elaborate, Phoebe. What are we talking about? What are we... Well... Oh, hi, by the way. I'm Phoebe. (laughs) I'm I'm Taylor. And this is our podcast, Remarks. Um, Well, today we're going to talk about why violence is good, actually. And cool. And cool. Also (laughs) cool. Um... (laughs) Yeah, kind of a fun topic, kind of a fun premise. Mm-hmm. We probably should start off by saying, like, this isn't to say that you should just, like, go around and punch people for no reason. Yes. But exactly. some people deserve to be punched, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So basically, we just wanted to talk about, like, violent revolutionary acts and why they have worked in the past and why, like, peaceful protest and, like, the existing channels within our like governmental structure, i.e., voting, etc., basically won't ever really do anything to free us of the shackles of the capitalistic overlords. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of points to make. So there definitely is. Let's, let's get into it. Oh, I actually did want to say sorry. A little bit of a side tangent. Tang. Um. That has nothing to do, but I was... Because we did our episode on, like, billionaires, you know? Yeah. I found out today that... Because you were talking about the Kardashians. Yes. And did you know the Kardashians started their own credit card? Called the Kardashian card with a K? No. And it was a prepaid credit card that they, like, marketed (laughs) towards kids. No! Like, as, like, a first credit card kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, it was awful. No! (laughs) God damn it. And it was a giant scam because they had like a I bunch mean, of hidden fees and stuff. Yeah, but. sounds about right. <laughs> oh, also, I think it would be remiss if we didn't just mention the whole Jeffrey Bezos went to space oh thing. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, we're not going to get into it. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, Jeffrey At Bezos fucking went to space, you guys. That's really awesome. Violence all against Jeffrey Bezos? Yeah, let's <laughs> violently kill Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> Didn't, didn't quite catch that. <laughs> oh, I said, let's kill Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Of course. Not, we're not inciting anything. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, do you want to, do you want to start us I'll off? I'll take it away. I think chronologically I'm before you, so. I believe so. Am I? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, today I'm here to talk about when they started guillotining the shit out of people in France. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, so this era was known as the Reign of Terror. Um, it's probably going to be somewhat familiar to you guys. This is going to harken images of like public es- executions of the bourgeoisie, guillotines, head in baskets, etc. Um, the Reign of Terror, or known as the Terror, was a big part of the French Revolution. Um if you know anything about France, you know that there's been, like, a million French revolutions. <laughs> but, like, the biggest, most famous one is just referred to as the French Revolution. And it is the French Revolution. The one that basically influenced, like, politics in France and, frankly, across the world for, like, the rest of forever. 
the rest of forever. forever. <laughs> it's what the the Coldplay song's about. <laughs> yeah, Viva La Vida, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Nah, nah, nah. Just kidding. We can't, we're not licensed to... I don't know if you can get sued for just, like, humming a song. That's true. Maybe you can. For poorly singing a song. So the French Revolution took place between 1789 and 1792, 1799. Um, It was sparked because of the working class's dissatisfaction with the conditions that they were forced to live in um, and work in, etc. The crazy amount of, like, work that they were forced to do. Um, The large rates of unemployment... The high cost of food with high rates of starvation, economic despair, um, and a great disapproval of King Louis XVI and just of the monarchy in general. Um, as well as just like the um, the juxtaposition between the way that the working class was living and the bourgeoisie was living. Like the disparity between the two yeah. was monumental. Um, so the reign of terror, there's kind of like some back and forth about exactly when it started because the guillotining was happening like in different waves at a few different points. Um, kind of, they basically say it was 1793 to 1794. Um, yeah, give or take. Um, so by the end of it, 16,594 death sentences had been completed and then an added about 10,000 people died in prison awaiting their trial. For being counter-revolutionaries. Jean-Jacques Rousseau wrote the social contract, which laid out a government plan, um, which is pretty similar to, like, the early foundations of the American government. Mm -hmm. A lot of that was taken from, like, the French Republic. Yeah, yeah, understandable. Um, Like, basically the ideas of, like, democracy, voting for... um, uh, fucking representatives, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, the social contract says that each person is born with rights. Like in America, it says we have inalienable rights. Um, that it is the job of the government to protect these rights. That the government works for the people. And it is made to serve the people rather than serve a select few. As it was doing with serving only the bourgeoisie. And like the clergy members, etc. Um, again, pretty similar to kind of like the fundamental parts of like American government ish yeah. until that also became a whole shit show. But anyway, <laughs> um, so one of the famous like characters of this French Revolution and the reign of terror is Robespierre. He was a French lawyer and a key player in the French Revolution. Um, he utilized ideas from Rousseau's social contract to push France towards being a republic. Um, He wanted to be represented by officials in a democratic government that was working towards the will of the people. Um, And he called anyone who was opposed to this idea a tyrant and said that they should be, quote-unquote, dealt with. I mean, he's not wrong, He's not wrong. I feel like, yeah, if you're going to, like, I don't know, I guess it's on a personal level. Like, if you're going to tell me that one person has more, like, power than i do it's like well fuck you <laughs> like yeah no i mean i that's kind of republics will end up that way anyway true america as, case as in we've point seen. but, but, <laughs> but like i guess i like uh ideologically sure it's like no fuck you i don't want to be like less than somebody else 
even on like paper you know exactly like, on paper everybody in america is equal, equal. But that's not yeah. how it is but exactly yeah. well and like at the time it was pretty you know revolutionary for yeah. the time obviously now we're like what the fuck um and also you know there was that whole thing of like people being born into nobility and that's what they were really like one of the big points of the french revolution was fighting against and and breaking that system of like Mm -hmm. just people being born into the monarchy and into nobility and it's like oh just because this motherfucker is this guy's son he just gets to be king like that's some fucking shit you know that's some bullshit and also it's like there's like kings that are like 12 years old and it's like are you fucking kidding me exactly like (laughs) How do you not look at that and be like, no, oh, that's a flawed system? That seems bad. <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, in Robespierre's speech called Virtue and Terror in 1794, um, he said that the working class was to crush the, en- quote, crush the enemies of the revolution, let the laws be executed, and let liberty be saved. Unquote. <laughs> <laughs> Unquote. So during this time of the French Revolution and also as the um, Reign of Terror started to kind of happen, um, a group called the Sans-Culottes formed. This was made up of the lower class common people of France. Um, They basically came together. So this was like the workers, farmers, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 etc. The people that were being fucked over, living in the streets with the sewage and all that shit. Um, They came together to advocate for their rights and to fight back against the oppressive monarchy. Um, The basic ideals of the sans-culottes was social equality, economic equality, and popular democracy. Um, They wanted to abolish all of the authority and privileges of the monarchy, um, of the Roman Catholic clergy, and of anybody of noble status. They wanted to have a fixed wage, um, price controls on food, um, and one of their biggest things was uh, acts against counter-revolutionaries. The whole thing with the food is, like, something that I'm sure a lot of people who are familiar with the French Revolution know about, um, if you've ever seen Les Mis, which it's like, the plot of lame is it's like debatable mm-hmm. which revolution it was actually like <laughs> spanning yeah. because it's been argued that it was like the june uprising which we talked about yeah. on our art episode and it's been argued that it was this the, mm-hmm. the french revolution um but you know there's the whole plot point of where jean Valjean steals a loaf of bread in order to feed his family because he can't afford to buy one because it's yeah. very expensive isn't that like a big moral question that people ask now too because of that is like if you steal a loaf of bread to like feed your family is yes. it like morally wrong to do that you know exactly yeah it's like one of those like dilemmas yeah. or whatever which i'm like where is where is I the don't dilemma see where the dilemma is please yeah, explain like, it you to should me. absolutely steal bread to feed your family yeah. oh it's like <clears throat> the trolley thing of like oh do you switch the trolley to man goes to jail for stealing bread or, I mean, man steals bread and feeds his family, or switch it to entire family dies of starvation. Like, yeah, it's like, what is uh, worse to you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, tangent, but, you know, it's important. The whole, like, idea, and one of the biggest things that, like, American government was claimed to be a fundamental idea of the American government mm-hmm. is this life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I'm like, is... Is life not 
free healthcare, because if we don't get healthcare, we fucking die. Mm-hmm. Is is liberty not like the rights of gay people to get married, women to have abortions, etc.? Is the pursuit of happiness like not fucking? I have to work eighteen hours a day in order to pay for my bills. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, where along the lines did that get so fucking misconstrued? And the thing that gets me the most, and I think it's just because I've been listening to this episode of a podcast about healthcare, is just the whole idea of that we are supposed to have this inalienable, quote unquote, right to life. But I, but if you don't have healthcare, you're going to die. Yeah, it's like, like you have the inalienable right to life as long as you can afford it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Put that on a fucking shirt. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the sans culottes. So, the sans culottes made up the majority of the paramilitary forces of the French Revolution. Um, they were pretty much, like, the most... Because these people had fucking basically nothing to lose. So, they were like, yeah. let's do this shit. We're yeah. gonna chop some heads. Like, they were ready like, to go. Death is worse than what we're doing right exactly. now. Exactly. So I mean, death is better than, like, what we're doing right exactly. now. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wh- there's nowhere more down mm-hmm. to go than where we are. Yeah. So, yeah, so they basically, they were quick as fuck to jump into the revolution and made a, yeah, big part of the Revolutionary Army. Um, they were also the ones who carried out most of the executions against the, quote-unquote, enemies of the enemies of the revolution. Um, and the sans culottes were seen as the living representation of the revolutionary spirit, mm-hmm. which is hella trail. They were pretty sick. Hell yeah. Um, based. Ba- <laughs> you might say the sans culottes were pretty based. Um, so during this reign of terror, even people of the like middle and upper classes had started wearing uniforms of the sans culottes in order to show solidarity with the working class and with the new French Republic. Um, probably partially out of fear and yeah. partially out of, they were like, this is a good idea. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times too, with like, especially with like middle class type people, like at least from what I know, historically, like they'll kind of, lean to the direction they feel the tide is going you know sure so i like so many middle class people will just like go along with like fascism because they're like well this Mm -hmm. is gonna be a thing so i probably should like get on the right side right now you know right right at least if they're smart enough to like foresee it yeah and like the whole idea of the middle class is such a thing made up by the bourgeoisie in order to separate the classes. Mm -hmm. Like, and obviously now it's a, it's still made up, but it's kind of turned into this more real thing. Like you were saying, where middle-class people will do things in order to like protect the wealth that they have and not end up in like situations like homelessness, et cetera, extreme poverty. But like the entire idea of there even being a middle-class is a made up thing that the bourgeoisie created in order to create separation between people that have a little bit more wealth than peasants and peasants. But, you know, it's that whole thing of like, oh, you're a second closer to becoming homeless than you are to becoming a billionaire. But yeah. there's there's been this induction and um, convincing of people in that class that there is an opportunity for them to become a billionaire or what have you. And it's like, no, bro, like, we fucking <laughs> need you because you're so far from ever becoming that. True. Anyway went off um 
So, right, so the upper classes kind of started wearing these uniforms in order to show solidarity. The uniform of the sans-culottes, um, most importantly, this included a pair of pantalons, which Pantalon. was... Pantalon. <laughs> which was a long pair of trousers, and that was worn in order to separate themselves from the upper class and the bourgeoisie who would wear culottes, um, hence the name where sans culottes comes from. Culottes mm. were like these silk kind of puffy shorts kind of thing. Hell yeah. <laughs> which it's funny because culottes like still, or at least the term culottes still exists to this day, which is kind of like the pants that I was wearing I think on our last, episode, last episode, when you were like, yeah. oh, Mike, those pants. Those were kind of culottes. Like, they're sort of like a gaucho-type vibe. Like, okay, okay. they're like a little just below the knee, kind of flowy, kind yeah. of like... Uh, I think, I know. I, think I know the vibe you're, you do. you're talking about. You like do. the French vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they would also wear a red phyrigian? Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. Um, cap, known as the Liberty Cap, which is kind of this, like, red slouchy little mm-hmm. hat thing um and they also wore wooden clogs oh yeah okay and coats with short tails because the upper class had long tailed uh, coats i see that, that sounds, sounds like, like ideal warfare attire actually like it seems like i would want to fight in wooden clogs no for sure that would yeah. not be painful at all no absolutely not <laughs> Um, so this group, the sans-culottes, believed in a complete overthrow of the government, um, disagreed with literally everything that was going on there and wanted complete upheaval. Um, and they were willing to do whatever it took to gain independence from the monarchy. And this included violence and lots of it. Hey, hey. Hey, violence. In a quote from the sans-culottes Gazette, it said that they wanted, quote, the enemies of the Republic to hang Maine and the guillotine to stand like the first patriots, the finisher of the law. Agreed. Woo. <laughs> that's kind of, uh, it's kind of metal. Like, it is like pretty metal. Like, yeah. Um, and a lot of these executions with the guillotine happened at the Place de, Place de la Revolution, which is this area in Paris that you can still go to today. Wahoo. Um, so the sans-culottes joined with Robespierre because they agreed for, they agreed with his ideas for the French Republic. Mm -hmm. Um, and they also appreciated his understanding that violence was necessary to achieve change. Um, did I read? Oh yeah, I did. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I had read his quote, the whole crush the enemies of the revolution, let the laws be executed, let liberty be saved. So there you go. Um, so during the French Revolution and the Reign of Terror, alongside destroying the monarchy, revolutionaries were also fighting for freedom from the Christian influence in France. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to disempower the clergy that had basically held its ranks alongside the monarchy um, and kind of within the monarchy as well. Uh, with the fight against religious oppression, the class struggles, and the establishment of strong revolutionary forces, the Reign of Terror came into full swing. So, as of April 6th, 1793, the Committee of Public Safety was established. The These guys were the ones who were in charge of arresting any counter-revolutionaries, mm-hmm. carrying out executions, or awarding prison sentences. Which, it's just interesting to me, the name of that, because I yeah. feel like it kind of echoes like what the police forces in America are kind of called now. Like, public yeah, safety officers. Public safety, yeah. Which, I mean, 
that doesn't really mean anything, but it's just, like, it's interesting, like, the different influence of things as they kind of yeah. trickle down and turn into, like, other I things. I feel like the way that, like, Europe approaches policing is really interesting, too. Like, just, it's so much different than it is here from what I've, like, mm-hmm. heard, you know? Like, police officers are much more, like, actual public servants mm. over in Europe, at least from, again, from what I've heard. Sure. Not to say that they aren't shitty over there, too. Right. But, <laughs> like, it's just not as gnarly as it is here. Because, like, I don't, I don't know that I've met a single person in America who, like, sees a police offer, officer and is like, wow, I feel, I feel so safe right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, most of the people I know that are like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, it's an instant, like, uh-oh. And, like, like, I feel like the only people that do get that like oh thank god is like fucking weird republicans who also have a gun so like yeah and like always like always weird middle-aged white republican guys (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly but yeah it's like even you know i mean as a person with immense white privilege like still whenever i see a cop i'm like oh fuck yeah exactly and that's like acknowledging the white privilege too yeah must be like I can't even imagine what no exactly people of color would go through exactly like, like yeah it's just like you were saying like I feel like most people our age a majority of people that I know are like don't feel safer <laughs> if a police officer is present Ugh. good stuff good stuff another reason why we need violent revolutions <laughs> uh yes a huge reason why we need violent revolutions which. I mean, oh man, we could really go on for hours about that, but true. Just I'm sure we'll we'll have we like a police Oh, we at have least to. a police episode, yeah. probably a police mini series to be honest. Honestly, yeah, we should cuz there's just so yeah, fucking a whole lot that goes so into Oh, fucking much to talk about there. Anywho, so um during the reign of terror, at least 300,000 suspects were arrested. 17,000 were officially executed, and it's estimated that about 10,000 died in prison or without trial. Yeah. Um, so King Louis XVI was executed via guillotine January 21st, 1793. That was a big old day for everyone. Some sick shit. They basically had, like, about uh, a couple months prior to that, they had, like, stormed the... Mm-hmm. A palace and imprisoned all of the royals that were living there and then put them all on trial and then basically executed all of them because the trial was you're evil goodbye Bye. <laughs> so january 21st king Hardest louis 16th <laughs> is executed um on october 14th night not 19 on october 14th 1793 marie antoinette was convicted of high treason and held to trial um, on October 16th, 1793, two days later, Marie Antoinette was executed via guillotine. She was the last queen of France before the revolution, as well as King Louis was the last king before the mm-hmm. revolution. Um, Marie Antoinette is very famous for her line, let them eat cake. Yeah. Sure. Everyone. She, like, probably didn't actually I say, was just but... going to say, yeah, <laughs> the historical accuracy is pretty debatable about that. Yeah. Um, but it's famous because it's basically like her responding to the working class complaining about the high bread prices and starving and Mm -hmm. having no bread to eat. And so it's rumored or whatever that when responded, when questioned about this, she responds, they want bread, let them eat cake because she was a dumb bitch. 
Uh, I see. Yeah. Um, so you're telling me that these liberal snowflakes murdered all these people? How did yeah. that? I, how did how did they how did they do that? They were probably too concerned with safe spaces. Exactly. And, and pronouns, yeah. like all the Republicans say. Yeah, they <laughs> were too busy arguing amongst um, themselves about like political ideologies. Yoga and kombucha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> instead of being able to actually. I just think it's funny because I feel like. For for a party that like talks about how like snowflakey liberals are, I'm, mm-hmm. it's like like I'll I'll fight you like let's yes. do it like I'm yes we're I don't know I just feel like most of the like leftists I know are like down to swing on spot hundred percent. Well, and I feel like historically it's been the left side that has been pretty like quick to violence. I mean, so is the right, but in a different way. Like I feel like the left yeah. when they want something. Is like okay, you die now. Yeah, I think like the left is very quick to like stand up for yeah, at least in some cases because you know not everything's the same, but yes, to like stand up for what's right when there is violence that's happening sure. like against people who don't deserve it right from the right usually right. You yeah know? <laughs> yeah and it's like uh, responding to like an overarching violence in the sense of like not giving people rights, not giving people food, not giving people exactly, yeah. access to the things that they need in order to mm-hmm. survive. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, I think it's because a lot of people on the left are the working class, are mm-hmm. the people that are being mistreated. And so, I mean, the revolutionary spirit is strong within them. <laughs> and that is something that will... Yeah push you to do whatever it is that you need to do in order to like keep your people yeah. I like how you of. even like called it violence like what the ruling class does to right. the the working class like yeah. it is a form of violence it's whether violent. you whether it's legal or not legal violence it's violence all the same because people are dying you know Exactly <laughs> exactly and that's the thing and that's like I think we're a lot of like Democrats need to <laughs> get their heads out of their asses because like you you cannot we will never ever ever be able to free ourselves from the violence that mm-hmm. the um the people in power are committing against us if people don't see it as violence if you don't understand that yeah. not being able to have free fucking healthcare is an act of violence like you got to get with the program because again people are dying and it's not just because they're being murdered which they are by the people in power but it's also because we literally are scrambling in order to be able to even like take care of oh i cut myself now it's infected well i can't afford to go to the hospital to even get stitches now this cut's fucking infected and now i'm dying of an infection mm-hmm. of gangrene and my whole arm's falling off so now i'm dead like yeah. that's fucking violence that is violent it is violent that like people are having to be on fucking food stamps mm-hmm. well that's why it's like i've, I've like read a lot of things that's like every political system has violence towards a group but it, the difference is, like, what is the group that the violence is directed towards? It's like, right. as leftists, we would say our violence is directed towards a ruling class and or a hierarchy, hierarch, hierarchical 
that's how you say that word. Yeah. Uh, government. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, even like a, the Democrats or the neoliberal, the neoliberals are still directing violence at right. a specific group, whether that's you know being the poor people or right. you know even like people who are in prison or incarcerated. Right. Like, there's a lot of yes. You know. Again, it's it just it really just depends on what where your violence is directed at. But every Truth. political political party or lack thereof, if you're even an anarchist, has yeah. violence directed at something. Right, right. Well, and with like the democratic and neoliberal parties, it's it's a subconscious violence as well because they're so in denial or they've been so placated and convinced that like what they're doing is actually helpful and like, oh, I'm a Democrat, so I'm off the hook, whatever. Like, and they maybe don't fully conceptualize, like, you are still not advocating for the rights of the people at all. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fucking Democrats. Anyway. (laughs) So Marie Antoinette, she sucked ass. So... (laughs) Kind of, kind of cringe. Honestly. She was cringe. Ranch <laughs> was far from based. Um, so 31st of October, um, I'm 100% going to mispronounce this. Sorry, French people. The Girondin, I'm going to say. Um, this was a group that emerged kind of like towards the beginning of the revolution who had been involved with political change in France and they were strongly opposed to the monarchy. Mm-hmm. Um but as the revolution continued and became a little more intense and obviously as like more violence started to emerge, they mm-hmm. were like, no thanks. Um, which it's interesting. It kind of reminds me, as you were saying, of the middle class. It's like they'll sort of lean towards whatever mm-hmm. is f- feeling better to them. And this is kind of like that, but I think it's this is like that type of person who's like, yeah, I'm all about change and I'm all about radicalizing things and da 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 But then as soon as you introduce, like, violence or as soon as you introduce, like, intense, like, yes, this is going to be from the ground up work. We need an entirely new system here. They're like, ooh, that sounds like a lot. So anyway. That's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this group, the Girondin, was put on trial, executed on October 31st because they were then seen as counter-revolutionaries. February 4th, 1974, a decree for the abolition of slavery in France and French colonies was released. Um, And I mean, the whole... Wait, what what year did you say? uh, 1974. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was, like, recent. Well, not too... Oh, my gosh. Nope. I... I've written that down wrong. Okay. I was like, I'm very confused. I'm sorry, no, Phoebe. No, <laughs> not 1974. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm, I think I switched the numbers. It's got to be oh, 1794. That's that what it was. Sense, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> You're good. Sorry, I was just everybody. like, I was no, just thank like, you. pardon? <laughs> just jump forward a million years. 1794. I had like numbers yeah. switched. Um, decree for the abolition of slavery in France and in the French colonies was released. Um, you know, whether or not that actually, like, worked in the French colonies is a whole Mm -hmm. other fucking thing, because the whole idea of French colonies is some shit. But anyway. I mean, yeah. That's for another Colonization in general, it's like... Truth. It's all kind of, I mean, again, a hierarchy is a hierarchy, whether it's slavery or, you know, making enough money to barely feed yourself. Exactly. And you basically just have... 
a different form of paid slavery, like, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Which, again, a tangent. But the podcast that I was just listening to talking about healthcare was basically saying that, like, your company that you work for providing you with healthcare is, like, almost a form of, maybe not slavery, but servitude, Mm -hmm. where you are literally, like, shackled to this company. It's such a huge part of why or why not people choose to leave a job yeah. that's extremely oppressive because if they do like the first thing that's going to happen to you is like well now your kids are going to die because you don't have fucking health care anymore yeah no my my dad's going through that thing right, right. now because he's trying to get a new job to move and like he's stuck with his you know the job he doesn't want because mm-hmm. that gives him the best health care yeah like, it's modern servitude it's fucking expensive to buy your own health care it's like, extremely it's expensive you, yeah you had to i just that. yeah i'm i hate it i just turned 26 uh at the beginning of this year so. yeah and you're technically freelance is that what yeah you, i'm like, i'm too? yeah i'm like a, i'm a small business owner and a single business owner i'm an llc um and so I'm. It sucks yeah. ass, basically. <laughs> it just it just sucks. <laughs> it does suck. Anyway, healthcare tangent. We could go on for a long time about that. So the abolition of slavery, which is like I don't know. I put it in there because it was an interesting like mm-hmm. movement forward of things, progressive movement. Anyway, um, June tenth. 1794. Um, <laughs> the law of 22 Prairial was passed. Um, this basically fast-tracked the trial process um, with the execution. So it, I don't know, it cut down the steps in order to just yeah. make executions happen they a just hell of a lot faster. Down faster. Yeah. <laughs> um, which this obviously led to an extreme increase in executions. Um, and this is kind of where, like, I was talking to Taylor before we were rolling where like it, it becomes um, a little bit out of hand violently because it kind of, there was a lot of like paranoia going on Mm -hmm. and they started just arresting massive amounts of people. Anybody that had any kind of like counter revolutionary vibes to them, they would imprison them and just executed like a lot of people. But because of this, like, if these executions had not happened, the French Revolution would not have had the impact that it did. And it would not have, like, forced the bourgeoisie and the monarchy and the upper classes to either conform to this new, like, republic or die. Um, and it pushed a lot of people who were on the fence about revolutionary things to being a part of the revolution. So, like, I'm not saying it's awesome that they murdered a bunch of people that, like, may or may not have been innocent, but also, like, this this revolution shaped politics and governmental structures as we know it for the rest of our lives. And, yeah, yeah. like, if, if they hadn't been willing to be as violent as they were, they would not have accomplished the things that they wanted to. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's, like, you can acknowledge that, like, they let it get out of hand and mm-hmm. it was probably wrong, like, morally wrong, but that's what happened and it did lead to where we're at now, regardless of, like, again, the morality of sure, it. And, sure, sure. Again, we can say, like, in the future it'd be nice to not have that happen <laughs> yeah. if we were going re- to revolt cool again. It'd be cool to, like, but... not guillotine people that were, like, possibly innocent, but... Yeah. 
But that doesn't change that it happened back then. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and it's like, you have to look at where these people were coming from as well. Mm-hmm. Like, the conditions were so dark. I mean, it's basically yeah. where we're at right now. There had been um, an epidemic in France that was, like, wiping out a bunch of people and the bourgeoisie was doing nothing to support the working class in this. Obviously, like, working conditions were shit. The working class was being treated like shit. The bourgeoisie was fucking partying it up. Like, you know, there was just... and, And the Catholic Church was oppressing everyone. And there was just all of this stuff that compounded and i mean that's what you get like sorry but that's what you get when you treat people like this like we're currently being treated there is going to be a point at which people are going to snap and people are going to fucking die and it sucks that it's going to be innocent possibly innocent people sometimes but like you're gonna the whole like break an egg to make some omelets or whatever yeah not saying it's the greatest thing ever just saying that's the reality of life and that's how it was yeah and also, I mean, shout out to old friend of the pod, the Catholic Church, <laughs> for never doing anything wrong ever. Exactly. Yes. We heart the Catholic Church. Please don't hurt us. I'm pretty sure there was like, I think in the Spanish Revolution, there was like a lot of anarchists who killed a lot of priests or something like yeah. that. Because like, yeah. it was, I mean, but also like, it was, you could say it was wrong, but I mean, the Catholic Church caused a whole lot of a whole lot of bad shit to happen the i crusades. mean the crusades the amount of like kids that have been uh assaulted and True. killed and i mean again there's some there's some shit you can get into at the catholic church I like mean. mass graves of just like uh, outside of like schools and stuff oh like, yeah that whole thing yeah there's yeah. been tons of shit That's so it's right. like yeah, Catholic Church sucks. But again, that's a, another <laughs> another topic for another time. <sighs> um, yeah, a shit ton of priests died in the Reign of Terror as well. Many priests were beheaded at this time. Yeah, it's again, it's tough because it's like again, there's some there were some priests, especially if you look down to like I'm pretty sure in like Latin America there was like a lot of really helpful things that the Catholic Church right. did, you know, but. Uh, then again, yeah. <laughs> there's some pretty bad stuff, too. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's not like every single Catholic person is so evil or whatever, mm-hmm. and, like, the idea of Catholicism, they're, like, the idea of, like, anyway, you know what, fucking, I don't even know, whatever. It's some Moral shit. of the story is, some bad shit has happened, but, like, fucking whatever. Anyway. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay, because I was, like, I'm, I'm about to, like, go on a whole other very <laughs> long religion tangent, and, like, yeah. we don't need to do that right now. So, the parial law, parial, sorry about my pronunciation. Again, every single time I try to figure it out and French is hard. So, um, so, where did my notes go on that? Um, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Where the fuck did that go? (laughs) It's all good. Well, I had, like, statistics of the numbers of, like, how many people were being executed on the daily. Mm -hmm. And it was... You know what we could do while you find that is... Is it take an ad break? Absolutely. You guessed it. (laughs) Well, you know what won't chop your head off? Ads. This ad for the podcast app. Anyway, (laughs) uh, be right back. I'll get it together. 
Um, we're back. Uh, hey. We were just talking about how everybody has to have an addiction to cope with capitalism. <laughs> so uh, leave us a comment on what your yeah. addiction is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Because, you know, that's a private thing, but it would be funny. <laughs> In, like, a cute and quirky way, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, if, it, if it's a struggle that you're, like, you're going through, don't. Please keep it to yourself. Uh, unless you want to share it, because that would make you feel better. And, like, we love you and support you. Yeah, of course, of course. But, like, you know, I was thinking, like, funny stuff, too. Like, oh, I'm addicted to, um, I don't know. What's a funny addiction? I'm addicted to nicotine, personally, but, <laughs> which I think is pretty funny, but also probably not. My doctor would disagree. But. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Anyway, we can move on past that. <laughs> my addiction is yelling about capitalism. Okay, so I got my shit together, everyone. Sorry about that. Um, I definitely was, like, taking a nap before I got here, so I kind of was like, where am I? Anyway, so this perial law passed... Um, ramped up executions um they were starting at like an average of five executions a day in the province known as germinal i think it's pronounced. um that rate came up to 17 a day um and in another providence it raised to 26 a day yes yes um and this is just, like, an interesting tidbit, but, like, the whole, like, thing of guillotining people, it was, like, public mm-hmm. executions, chopping heads off. This became, like, the entertainment of the day. Like, people would come yeah. down, like, spectators would come down and hang out around, and people would, like, sell shit. Um, vendors had programs that had the list of names of people scheduled to die for the day, and people would, like, just chill out and watch the executions. Yeah, that's insane, but, I mean, I don't know, what else, what else are you gonna do? I mean, I guess, like... In the 1700s Paris. Um, there was, like, this group of knitting women who were, like, big fans of the guillotinings and they would like rile up the crowd and sit around and like knit while the fucking guillotinings were going on Hell yeah. yeah um and people would like bring their kids too like this was like yeah. oh here's the this is our fun activity of the day who's gonna get their head chopped off it's like a it's like a sports game yeah <laughs> essentially um by the end of the reign of terror The crowds kind of started to thin out, and, like, people kind of got bored of, like, head chopping. They got bored of the executions. They're like, oh, my God, we've seen... This is the 30th execution I've seen today. Like, like, oh, my God. How fun is it to watch... Can we change it up? Like, another guillotine? Oh, my God. (laughs) All you've got is hangings and guillotines. Can you come up with something else? (laughs) Jesus. So. It's like watching a Saw movie, like, by the, the 14th one, but you're really like... But really, though? All right. Yeah, or, like, Saw, or like, Final Destination, I'm yeah. like, okay, like, I've seen somebody get their fucking... How much more ways can you choose for people to die, and it's just whatever, <laughs> like, eh, snooze fest. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's interesting, too, like, just the... I mean, fucking case in point, I guess. Like, how desensitized we've become to, like, horror movies and stuff. Like, yeah. I am so unfazed by a lot of horror movies these days. Like, oh, I gotta... I mean, 
It's got to be like a good horror movie in order to really get me. I watch him just like by myself in a dark room <laughs> to like try to scare myself more because I just don't feel anything. Because <laughs> I don't feel anything. Because you know what's scarier than uh, possession? Capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> um, so as I was saying, so now getting into like what the outcome of this was and like why it was even even with like it's out of handness and even with like yeah a lot of people died in a way that maybe like they shouldn't have it's had good impacts on everything um big changes in the european and western history this ended feudalism um and created like leeway for individual freedoms mm-hmm. um uh you know with louis the 16th being king and that monarchy the power was centralized to versailles controlled by the monarchy um and that as i had said earlier happened just from like noble births shit tons of wealth mm-hmm. etc and the monarchy having control over like the clergy and um, honestly, the clergy having a shit ton of influence with the monarchy as well. Like, they kind of went hand in hand. Yeah. Um, the monarchy having control over the army, etc. not Yes, army is what I meant to say. <laughs> I'm telling you my brain right now. Um, but yeah, following this revolution, the king basically really meant nothing anymore. Um, nobility was stripped of all of their titles and all of their, like, power that they had. Um... And the clergy and the judges and all of that turned over to state control. Um, And then the control of, like, the army was put into the revolutionaries. And they formed their own National Guard. Um, You might know the slogan, Liberty, Egality, Fraternity, which was, like, the chorus of the revolutionaries at the time and to this day that is like a huge thing in france as you walk around in paris or wherever you see this emblazoned on like a ton of it was kind of like their like life liberty exactly exactly yes yeah which it in english it means liberty equality and fraternity which means like fraternity is like brotherhood which basically is like basically the um um unification of like the people yeah Pretty much the same thing, really. Yes. <laughs> Very Basically, similar. yeah. It's, uh, like I said, like, and as I'm getting into right now, like, the French Revolution influenced so much of, at least, like, the foundations of American government. Obviously, it's, like I said, a shithole now. But, like, the ideas <laughs> were there, you know? They took things from this. Well, and again, it was, like, moving from, like, a monarch to, mm-hmm. like, a, you know, republic, capitalist economy kind of system it's like at the time that was still pretty like revolutionary it's true and even like at the time it's hard to even fault people because like again a lot of economic systems on paper seem better than they are in practice i guess or that's what everybody like says about communism but the same with capitalism it's like you know it's a nice idea on paper to be like yeah we can all start our own businesses and sell products and make the money that we earn exactly it just doesn't actually work that way yes but yeah like the the idea was there like the with the abolition of feudalism coming into people now own their own farms and Mm -hmm. and the money that they make from the farm is theirs again somewhat in theory but it did pretty much happen in france after the revolution um 
To give like a little kind of overview snippet, historian Francois Alluard had this to say, quote, from the social point of view, the revolution consisted in the suppression of what was called the feudal system, in the emancipation of the individual, in greater division of the landed property, the abolition of the privileges of noble birth, the establishment of equality, the simplification of life. The French Revolution differed from other revolutions in being not merely national, for it aimed at benefiting all humanity. Hooray. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this revolution sparked like a wave of revolution throughout Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Germany and all, it just... As France does As often. France, yeah. I mean, yeah, the French fucking love revolution, which personally, I'm like, hell yeah. Um, also, of course, this is tied to Marxism because I can just never of course. not talk about communism. Um, this revolution and the, it's called the Jacobin cause. It, that's kind of like the, the ideals of this revolution was known as like the Jacobin um marxists were influenced by this in the 19th century and it kind of like influenced communism throughout the world um so yeah so even after like the french revolution and things things have not always been perfect in france and things haven't been just easygoing since the french revolution um this influenced people to realize their own power um like i was just saying and you were just Mm -hmm. saying france revolts all the fucking time because of this revolutionary spirit of the french revolution people hold this power within themselves now that we are actually capable of making these differences um and it this french revolution also sort of influenced the idea of socialism as well Mm -hmm. um so yeah basically yeah yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you think, like, you know, aside from fucking fucking Britain, it's like, who, like, kings aren't even a thing. Like, you know, right. like, we've, society has progressed past the need for kings. <laughs> exactly, but, though. And yeah, it's like, it's just, and we don't have them anymore. That's due to uh, uh, probably a in lot. A, a big part to yes, this, you know. to the French Revolution, and honestly, to beheading the shit out of the king. It's mm-hmm. like... Look at what will happen to you. So, yeah. So, in conclusion, um, basically, like, the violence of this revolution, whether or not you can agree with it, is, has greatly shaped people's freedoms to this day. Like, easy. And, like, in my, in, in this podcaster's opinion, it was pretty necessary. The end. That was great. That was good. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, and very similar to, like, what I'm going to be talking about here. Hell yes. Which, uh, to start mine off, I'm speaking about the Russian Revolution, which, very similarly to the France Revolution, was a pretty big deal in Russia, obviously. But, you know, this is even before, because it kind of, like, the Russian Revolution plays right into the Bolshevik Revolution. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, before we jump into that, I was going to do a quick summary of a Marxist view on revolution yes. and violent revolution. Um, I uh, kind of got some of this information from a Dr. Stephen Hicks, who went through a lot of Marx's writings and things. 
Um, and one of the biggest reasons why a lot of socialists, communists, and just leftists in general are for violent revolution in a way is because the amount of time it would take to create a democratic reform is like compared to like the kind of violence that we were talking about that's happening is uh a lot a lot of time right because <laughs> right you have to get people you know a socialist into the government mm -hmm. you have to then well first off you have to organize and then get a party and then get into the government and then get more and more government spots and then implement changes yep. that are always going to be fought against you know throughout time exactly and that exactly. just takes a lot of time and like it like oh my gosh sorry you're good <laughs> get words out today phoebe the amount of like damage that we're experiencing now mm -hmm. compared to the amount of time that it would actually take like it's we are in an emergency situation now and in the past you know and like we don't have the fucking time to do that. And so in order to quicker get people like their rights and mm -hmm. things that they need, we're going to have to chop some heads. Exactly. Um, Which like, can I go off just a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I'm That's so what sorry. This podcast is for. Um, but just like the whole, exactly as you're saying, like the whole idea of all of the steps that we would have to take working within the channels that exist. And then at the end, it's like, well, it, is that even going to be able to get us what we need? Because honestly, I feel like if voting actually worked in the favor of the proletariat, it would have been outlawed by now. Or we would have seen the changes that needed to have happened yeah. in order to give people rights by now. Like, we know for a fact, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably agree, that the people in power are completely unwilling to give up their power. So why would they willingly give us an opportunity to take that power away? Like, yeah. even if Bernie had been elected president, he never would have been able to make the changes that he really wanted to. Because, like, America's... No one would let him. Yeah, yeah. like, America's never going to allow this country to actually be socialist if we go through the channels that exist. Yeah, and that's like... like I, this is kind of a tangent, too, yeah. but... Uh, I forget his last name. His first name's Erico, but he's a... He's like an anarchist writer, and he would always... Like, he would bring up points as, a, like, a government is created to protect the majority class, and the elected official that is coming into office is always going to try to gain the favor of the previous one. Mm -hmm. And it's just this long chain of people protecting their own private property. And that's yeah. why it's like, we need to abolish private property. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, and even like, again, even if Bernie had taken power, mm -hmm. there's still the entirety of Congress working against him. Exactly. Um, and it's like, and you know, as much as I... Because I, I do re really think that Bernie had, like, good intentions no, with everything 100%. he was doing. It's just I don't think that Bernie's good intentions were powerful enough to overcome all of the other people that don't have good intentions right. in government. You exactly, know? exactly. And, yeah, like, I mean, there's there's a reason that the people mm -hmm. in power push us to work through these channels that exist voting and running for office and etc. because it's like no matter what we do if we're working within the parameters that are created by those in power and if and we're working with parameters that the people in power have deemed like appropriate mm -hmm. we're never actually going to be able to make the changes that will take their power away or it will give us enough power to actually reduce theirs like, exactly. there's a reason why it works the way that it does and why they want you to do shit in a certain way, because 
It makes you they, feel like you're making exactly, a change. Exactly. It's the whole placation thing. Like, mm-hmm. you feel like, oh, because I'm checking Hillary Clinton on a box, like, I'm a good person or whatever, which I'm not saying that you're bad people. But, like, you know, you yeah. think, oh, she's actually going to be able to change everything this time. And it's like, nope, they're actually, she's the same as Donald Trump. Like, they're all the same. They're all the same. And there's a reason why they want us to feel this way. And it just does for us leftists, gets us nowhere. And for Democrats, it makes them feel like they're doing something to no fault of their own mm-hmm. to an extent, you know? Okay. It's true. Thank you. But no, you're good. <laughs> uh, in addition to that argument though, Marx, uh, in a lot of his writings seems to have believed a lot more in the nurture side of the, uh, personality type argument mm-hmm. versus the nature side. Um, for example, Marx stated, uh, in one of his writings, activity and mind are social in their content. Um, as in their origin, they are a social activity and a social mind. And again, the individual exists in reality as the representation and the real mind of social existence. So basically his argument is like you as a person are your, uh, your essence of who you are, your personality is formed by your social existence or where you fall Mm. on like the social chain. Mm -hmm. Um, he believed your beliefs were influenced by economic systems and status. The wealthy defend the wealthy and the poor defend the poor, um, no matter what. So it's like, it was this argument that like the bourgeoisie and the proletariat like aren't ever going to be able to argue each other into one another's views. Right. So if that's the case, the only way for the proletariat to overthrow the bourgeoisie is by violent revolution. Sure. Because of these different things. One thing that I think is interesting is with the kind of propaganda climate that we have in America, at Mm -hmm. least, and I mean everywhere, really, kind of the way that like the bourgeoisie or just the upper class has been able to kind of trick the middle class and even some lower class people into like defending billionaires. Yes. Like, because it's really, I mean, it's really unfortunate because it, gets in the way of social progress because we can't band together. Right. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, someone smarter than me should look into, <laughs> into that. <laughs> well, I mean, look at the way that like the low working class was in gigantic support of Donald Trump. Exactly. Like he's a fucking billionaire or maybe. Yeah. He's a billionaire. Billionaire. Um, it's like, it's like, he doesn't care about you. No, he does not no. give a fuck. Like, but they've been convinced that he has their best interests in mind. Yeah. And that's, what's so frustrating is it's like, it's so much harder for the working class to band together than it is for the upper class. Exactly. Like. Exactly. Well, because like we are having to fight each other in order to just mm-hmm. survive. Exactly. And with the, as you were saying, like, with the propaganda in America and everywhere, like, they've been conditioned and convinced Mm -hmm. that these things are working in their favor, at least, you know, a portion of, like, the working class. Yeah. So, and those two arguments, I feel like, kind of go hand in hand, like, the the, um, time that it would take to create a socialist or a Mm -hmm. uh, progressive change through legitimate means and the you know two warring classes they're kind of two two sides of the same coin sure. it's like the the upper class isn't going to let social reform happen legally right because they 
don't have the lower classes interests at heart you know mm-hmm. so it's just like it, they kind of are the same thing yeah but, yeah yeah um yeah so that brings me to the russian revolution uh which in 1917 two revolutions in russia sparked the end of imperial rule russia was always more underdeveloped uh historically behind the rest of europe um they didn't abolish serfdom until 1861 so i mean it was kind of feudal feudalism but yeah. like yeah so like they were and i mean russia is definitely more eastern than right like france and whatnot but so they were just a little bit behind everybody else uh uh, whereas most of Europe did by the end of the Middle Ages abolish serfdom. Um, mm-hmm. From 1890 through 1910, Russia industrialized quickly, causing the populations of major cities to nearly double, leaving a new class of working poor, destitute, and impoverished. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that was at like St. Petersburg was a big city in Russia, and uh, Moscow and those places mm-hmm. were gaining population really fast. The rising population, costly wars, and harsh and a harsh growing season caused a massive food shortage, which led to the Bloody Sunday Massacre of 1905. Sunday bloody. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's probably what that's all about. That song's about, but I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I do know that "Viva La Vida" by Coldplay is about, is about the, French the French Revolution. Revolution. <laughs> I know that for a fact. <laughs> It's my, a fucking fact, bro. <laughs> my history teacher played it on the ukulele when we were when not I was the in ukulele. High I know, I know. <laughs> it was. I mean, I don't know. It stuck with me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting that you mentioned the population rising thing because that same thing happened during the French Revolution, yeah. the Catholicism with the whole baby thing, and mm-hmm. yeah, and then the same kind of issues were happening with the population rising and the people without jobs and blah, well, blah, just blah. industrialization in general too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, true. Always pushes people into into cities um, very true but so the sars the czars troops killed hundreds of unarmed people on the bloody sunday massacre mm. uh, it was czar nicholas ii this caused the czar to create a uh or two the the massacres in 1905 caused the czar to create a representative assembly so kind of like a parliament or like yeah. a parliamentary government but i mean uh he could override them whenever he wanted though mm. and would like call off their call them off all the time so it's like they really were just for show like it didn't, yeah. they didn't actually do anything um after the devastating consequences of world war one against industrialized germany because again the the west was much more ahead of right. russia at the time yeah yeah um Russian citizens were pretty over the czar. <laughs> um, fun fact, Petrograd was originally called St. Petersburg, but they changed it because it sounded too German. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, fun fun fact I <laughs> thought was interesting. That is interesting. Um, there was a February Revolution, which was actually on March 8th, 1917, but they used the Julian calendar, so made, oh, it, made it February. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, there was demonstrators and striking workers that took the streets um, and clashed with police. The army tried to stop them by shooting and killing quite a bit of them, mm. but uh, they were overri- overran because of just how many people, kind of in the same French Revolution style, you know, there's just, when you get to the point where, like, you're like, I'm going to die 
from starvation or I'm going to die by getting shot trying to protest for rights. Right. It's like, what do you do, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you go Same protest. thing with the Cuban revolution as well. Exactly, yeah. Like, And again, that's where like the violence comes in. Yeah, that's where the violence comes in. And like, you know, um, a few days later, Tsar Nicholas II um, abdicated the throne, ending centuries of Romanov rule. Sorry, I'm I'm struggling on the pronunciations Mm -hmm. as well. Um, I'm sorry, the cat, cat just did, she did something so cute. She was stretching <laughs> and she stuck both her arms underneath the rug. Oh, I died. Okay, cute sorry. Sorry, anyway, everyone. That's okay. Uh, there was a provisional government that formed to take the place of the czar, which was kind of like neoliberal. Again, very like, um, very republic-like, you know, mm-hmm. for like kind of what the French Revolution was going for, like... Um, more just republic, more democratic kind of vibes. Sure. Um, but yeah, so all of this kind of leading up, like there was, there was uh, definitely violence that needed to take place because, mm-hmm. you know, Nicholas II, the czar, he alienated ethnic groups, would not Ew. give up power, uh, left to fight World War One. Um there was two million Russian soldiers that died in the war in World War One, which was a huge part of it, and a similar number of civilians died from hunger. So it's like mm. <laughs> World War One and yeah, civilians just dying of hunger were the same. Which they kind of put go together, you know, because all of the food was going to the soldiers, exactly, and they were also getting fucking killed because they were in a war that they <laughs> exactly. really shouldn't have. I mean, I guess that's something for a like a war historian to argue if Mm. Russia should have been in the war or not. But Mm. it's like, again, like Germany at the time was like one of the strongest armies and like military powers ever. So it's like, there's just like, I don't know how they thought they could win, (laughs) but anyway, with the um, snow alone, (laughs) we'll get them only with the snow. Honestly, that's it. It's, like, Russia's biggest, like, military strength is just the snow. Like, it kind of was, though. (laughs) It's true. It's fucking true. They're like, you may have guns and tanks, but can you survive this Russian winter? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But so on November 6th and 7th, uh, the Bolshevik party, led by our boy Vladimir Lenin, uh, took the power from this, like, neoliberal government and did basically a coup d'etat, which... I mean, if your government's that new, like a couple of months old, is mm. it really a coup d'etat? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's like you barely even had a government. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, Lenin. <laughs> but, uh, but so it actually was pretty peaceful, like when it initially took place, like mm-hmm. the, the coup d'etat. Um, there wasn't really a lot of uh, bloodshed that took place, but um, after the uh after like the coup d'etat of the bolshevik party was when the russian civil war broke out Mm. and that was basically capitalists monarchs and uh democratic socialists all fight they were called the white army all fighting against the red army which was the bolsheviks right and obviously bolsheviks came out on top and uh sure did the real irony i feel like is like i feel like lenin was a pretty like pretty good i mean 
everybody has flaws, of course, but Lennon was a pretty good guy, you know, yeah. like, he would just wanted people to have equality and, like, <laughs> feed, the, feed each other, you yeah. know, and he had to go deal with all this, like, Civil War shit, and then I'm pretty sure, like, after they won the Civil War, he died shortly after, and that's when, like, Stalin took power. Yeah, 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 that's true. And it's just, like, kind of a shame, I feel like, because... No, agreed. They could have done a lot of cool things if yeah. it wasn't for fucking Stalin being an asshole. Well, like, yeah, and that was the whole thing. I can't remember which episode it was a while ago that I, w- I was also talking about the Russian Revolution. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, like, Lenin had kind of worked to create this socialist-slash-communist mm-hmm. government, and then he died, and so Stalin was able to take place and then was like, let me abuse this. Exactly. Oh, she, she jumped, jumped on your lap. This is a great kitty day. <laughs> Hi, sweetheart. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of uh, that's kind of uh, the Russian Revolution. And mm-hmm. I think just you know noting that like not only did was there violence against the existing government, but like they had to fight to hold on to their government. You know, like yeah. The, the Bolshevik Revolution, like, they had to fight an entire civil war against people who were trying to take back... Right. ...and really take back this oppression, and, again, not to say that Lenin or even the Bolsheviks were perfect about everything, but it's like, you know, you could argue that Tsar Nicholas II was even worse, so... Exactly. It's like... Exactly. You know... Part of it is the revolution, but also it's like there's always going to be people who are trying to try to be, like, bringing, bringing that down or yeah. making it go back to the way it was yeah you know make america great again kind of shit exactly well and there comes a time when like the people gotta do what the people gotta do and it probably isn't going to be perfect or completely flawless mm-hmm. or completely like um fucking morally yeah. whatever the fuck but like what's the uh, the alternative is nothing the alternative yeah. is continue to suffer like it's the whole thing of where you know, people right now are very opposed to, like, a violent revolution, which I can understand, but I'm also, like, well, I, I get your We're fears, and I get the whole thing of, like, well, what comes after that, mm-hmm. whatever, but at the same time, so we just don't try, so we just yeah. don't do anything, and we just continue suffering the way that we are, and allowing, And like, letting other people to, like, suffer and yes, die, you know? Yes, like, allowing, we just, we just take with chagrin that like walking down the street you're like well there's a guy taking a shit out on the street because he literally does not have access to a bathroom like do we just accept that that's okay because violent revolution is scary yeah i know it's it's a hard conversation Mm -hmm. and like i don't even know if there's one like specific answer for every because obviously yeah again every revolution is different and right every like everybody has different views you know, we were talking about this a little bit before, but, like, I subscribe very much to, like, kind of actually at the same time of the Russian Revolution. I, I had talked in our Anarchism versus Communism episode mm-hmm. about uh, Nestor Machno and the Black Army. Yes. Like, the, the Anarchist Army. One thing that they did was, like, when they were reclaiming land from landlords is they would say, like, all right, you can give us your stuff so we can redistribute it and you can join our cause. Or we're going to steal all of your stuff and you're going to die. Yeah. And I feel a pretty strong conviction about, like, giving people and giving the upper class, like, the ability to change and, like, join a revolution. Mm -hmm. Just because I think that then they've had the choice to, like, reject capitalism and to, like... Totally. 
at least have a chance to like um feel empathy for other people i guess you know right whereas like some people would argue that it's like too late for those people you know sure we just need to cut our losses with them yeah so it's like again it's it's hard to know like what is the right thing to do totally well and i think too it's like at least and i mean excluding from what i'm saying right now like the Jeff Bezos and billionaire, like, really, really high elites of the world, but, like, the kind of more, like, upper class... It's, like, wealthy kind of Yeah, like, definitely giving those people a chance because it's the thing of, like, you have been propagandized to Mm -hmm. believe that one way of living is the exact correct way, and, you know, like, to an extent, I don't fault people who don't understand because literally this country is designed to make you believe one type of thing and it's that like you should get rich and don't care about poor people and etc etc like yeah yeah i mean it's hard too because then it's like you know i could see an argument being like well if we're gonna hold jeff bezos accountable for his exploitation shouldn't we also hold like yeah even this like semi-small business owner mm-hmm. or franchise owner because mm-hmm. it's like again every every capitalist exploits labor you right. know and causes suffering in some way or another but yeah i guess you know that's the the tricky part about yeah. like morality is it's yeah <laughs> it's hard to like weigh <laughs> whose is worse you know? for sure and i i can understand that perspective as well you know yeah. um yeah and like all of this being said too i I don't think in this moment we're prepared for a violent revolution. I mean, I, I who's to say? I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I think that we have reached and surpassed the point where it's necessary. Like, I, would, I would agree with that. The, the issue is that the people in power have so much power and have incredibly mm-hmm. horrific killing machines that, like... They have fucking drones, like, you know? It is going to be so difficult, and we don't have that much power, but we have each other. (laughs) Exactly. And, like, but genuinely. No, no, I I agree. Well, and, and, you know, to go back to what we were talking about, it's, like, whether it's legal violence or illegal violence, it's all violence, and the only difference is is that they make the laws. Exactly. Fucking exactly. (laughs) Fucking exactly. And so, like, you can't really have moral opposition to the idea of a violent revolution from, like, the working class proletariat, whatever, what have you, because then you're just complacent in the violence that's going on on a daily. Exactly. And it's like, again, you can say, like, I don't want violence, but it's like, then you're just allowing violence to happen. Exactly. You're just looking the other way it's as just it legal continues. Right. Because the people who are doing it made it legal. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah. But it's hard. And I also don't think that, like, because, you know, I, I know that, like, it's, it's easy, at least with myself, I've experienced this, to be like, well, we got to go do something. We got to go, like blow something up <laughs> yeah to go firebomb yes. a mcdonald's which you know? i totally am down for exactly i'm down for it too but also like be safe and don't do something that is gonna not be worth it in the end you know exactly it's like exactly. as fun as firebombing a mcdonald's sounds would totally be 
you know, you're just giving McDonald's insurance money and probably right. putting yourself in, in prison. So right. it's like, that. then you're not going to help anybody. Right. So. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, we need, there needs to be like an organization and an establishment of like, exactly. this is our plans for what needs to happen. And like, yeah. And what, what movements are going to be the most beneficial? Yeah, exactly. Firebombing the White House. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We could get a we could get an inside job. Do we, do we Phoebe? Do we uh, have anybody on the on the White House? The, uh, you know, like um, friend of the pod, like White House pod, chef White House or something. Connection? I mean, Corey in the house. Corey in the house. Corey, We're friends with Corey, Corey right? Baxter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what a show! Oh my god! Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> to tangent just about Disney shows, it's so funny to me how like like and I feel like it's particularly Disney shows will have a show that runs for, like, a long time. And then when that kind of gets old, they'll just take that same concept but put them in, like, a different location. Oh, absolutely. Like, for instance, Corey in the house or um, uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, they just put them on on a boat. Yeah, like... like (laughs) Oh, this... Them being in a hotel is not interesting anymore, so now they're on a boat. Let's just, like, throw them on a boat. Yeah, yeah. Why the fuck not? Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, wasn't it... um, I think it was Corey in the house and fucking one of the other kids i think maybe from hannah montana or something like went and did a show that was like yeah. the two of them and then and then <laughs> and then um <laughs> sam and cat so it yeah. was sam from iCarly and cat from victorious Chris, and yeah. they just did a show together and it was just like and that was nickelodeon that was nickelodeon but... yeah but i don't know it's just fucking funny to me that they're like let's not come up with anything original we'll just, just kind of tweak the plot throw them bit. in a different place but <laughs> Well, so we've we've gotten a little off the rails because now we're 100% about off the rails Disney, but that's all right. I'm not I'm not upset about it, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. Do you have any last thoughts, comments? Um, uh, I mean, inspirations. Yeah, I I do, and I'll I'll try to keep it brief. Yeah, but basically, go off, dude. okay, then I won't. <laughs> um, basically just my frustration with people who oppose like the idea of violent revolution and particularly like a lot of the talk that I heard like last year about like, well, you know, there's people in Portland doing this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, but yet these people are, you know, they want to call themselves patriots, etc. Like they are so, emboldened and passionate about the idea of like the original like American revolution and I'm like how do you not see that that is exactly what we're just trying to do now like the simple basis of those things Mm -hmm. is exactly where we're at now these people felt that they were being mistreated these people disagreed with the people that were representing them and creating the laws that controlled their lives and so they revolted and it was violent don't kid yourself that the fucking american revolution was not violent i mean these people uphold fucking war heroes and shit like yeah that's that's violence and so if you're upset about what's going on now or what we wish to go on now like i don't fucking know get your shit together because yeah it's it's the same thing you cannot like you cannot 
look at the American Revolution with such fervor and then look at what we're mm-hmm. trying to organize now and be like, you need to find a way to do that peacefully. You can't hurt people. Da, yeah. da, da. It's like you're going to be mad that somebody broke into a Target and stole some shit. But exactly. then you're going to be like, hell yeah, the Boston Tea Party exactly. was sick. You know? Exactly. It's like, what the fuck? It's the same thing. Exactly. It's just, it's so hypocritical to me and it makes me crazy. And I'm like, how do you not see... The parallels of, like, people were being mistreated. People are being horribly mistreated now. Eh. Yeah, it's frustrating, and it's, uh... Just the, like... The idea of, like, patriotism is, like, hardly even, like, patriotism anymore. It's mostly just, like, (laughs) a cult following of, like, this, uh weird toxic masculinity yeah. idea of like what being an american is you the know sucking of cocks of cocks the sucking of cops dicks yeah the sucking of cops cocks <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly uh yeah and then it's just you know it's again i mean uh it's like and then there's a lot of like sections of the right that are like yeah let's go sh- kill some communists and it's like mm-hmm. yeah dude i'll fucking swing on spot <laughs> that's why all the leftists need to get guns you should get exactly because <laughs> they the right has much more guns than so we do. many yeah. so many guns they have it's it's important <laughs> yeah but um yeah sorry uh mine didn't go on as very long oh, that's okay granted i was trying to like be somewhat speedy but sorry if i took up so much time phoebe you never take up too much time thank you I could listen to you talk for hours. Oh, Taylor. I mean, same. Which is why we're doing this podcast. That's why we do this. That's literally why we started. We would literally corner ourselves at a party and just be talking about (laughs) politics for, like, like, ever. And so it was like... pulling out the whole time. Eventually it was like, okay, we need, like, a specific outlet for this so we don't ruin everybody's night all the time. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Parties are much more enjoyable now with us, probably. It's (laughs) true. I was going off about it, like, last night, but... Or the other night, but, like, I mean... I mean... I, I can't help it. I can't help There's it. There's times where you can't help it. And it's true. It's also hard when you uh, only have specific people you can talk about it with, too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But anyway, I think we'll call it there. Yes. Um, pluggables. Plug. We should do that. City, USA. Oh. Uh, was it. Oh. Justin, who. It was Justin. Commented the SpongeBob episode. It was. On his favorite episode was Just One Bite. Um, the episode where Squidward. Yes. Uh, finally decides to try a bite of Krabby Patty and then he becomes obsessed with them and tries to keep it a secret. And it goes right to his thighs. <laughs> exactly. And then he blows up. Yep. Um, so thanks, Justin. We love you. Shout out, Justin. Shout out, Justin. Friend of the pod. Very, very close friend of the pod. Phoebe, now it's your turn to pick something that people need to comment Ooh, for a shout-out. Um, not your addictions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That was a joke. Don't actually do that. Um, okay. How about you comment your, um, favorite fucking, uh, type of bird? Okay. Yeah. Favorite type of bird, and you could get a shout out. Yeah, yeah. Someone do it because if not, it'll be Justin again next week. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like that ties in because the whole crows thing. Yeah. Shout out your favorite bird. We're fucking. Your favorite bird or what bird you are the most healthily afraid of. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I mean, like, 
we we are warning you about the crows. We're gonna stick on the crow story, mm-hmm. and uh, when it happens, we'll tell you we told you so. Yeah, no, we said it here first. The podcast is at Remarks Podcast on. I mean, the podcast, the Instagram is at Remarks Podcast on Instagram, and the TikTok is of the same thing at Remarks Podcast. Um, I have one TikTok up. I'm desperately working on another one, but it's so hard. It's okay, PB. We all understand. Thank you. <laughs> and again, you know what? Like, we all have fucking jobs. It's true. Give us a break. I've we do this once a week yeah, already. Yeah, so like, exactly. Got a lot of shit going on. True. Uh, the Twitter is uh, at RemarksPod. And um, I have a YouTube channel called The Lefty Agenda, which I just put out a new video on Rainbow Capitalism. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's everything. That is and it. We'll see you next week. Okay, love you. Bye.